Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Why not take a break from the holiday madness for a free walk with us? Ocean State Bird Club features year-round walks, lectures, informal gatherings, and more. We're online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org and Facebook. Plus, a membership makes an easy holiday gift. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 758. Well, thanks to our friend Donna Cooper for leading our little band of birders on a Merrimack Valley Bird Club Christmas bird count walk, mostly in the cooling rain up at the northeast corner of our state of Massachusetts yesterday for one of the 2,000-plus circles of the Christmas bird counts going on now through January 5th all across the U.S. and Canada, Mexico, Central America, the Caribbean, and Pacific Islands. And coming up, we'll get a live report from one of today's counts on beautiful and windy Cape Cod. Well, our show is about birds and conservation because you can't have the former without the latter. We again quote Henry David Thoreau, who said about the importance of conservation, what is the use of a house if you haven't got a tolerable planet to put it on? And with that in mind, we celebrate some big conservation news that was revealed this week, the news that teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg has been chosen as Time Magazine's Person of the Year. The choice features and profiles a person, a group, an idea, or an object that, for better or worse, has done the most to influence the events of the year. That's how it's defined by Time. In announcing the choice of Greta Thunberg, Time Editor-in-Chief Edward Felsenthal said, quote, She became the biggest voice on the biggest issue facing the planet this year, coming from essentially nowhere to lead a worldwide movement. And he noted that 16-year-old Greta is the youngest individual ever to be named Person of the Year. And Time also wrote this about Greta. Quote, she has succeeded in creating a global attitudinal shift, transforming millions of vague, middle-of-the-night anxieties into a worldwide movement calling for urgent change. She has offered a moral clarion call to those who are willing to act and hurled shame on those who are not. End quote. The other finalists for Person of the Year were House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, President Donald Trump, the Hong Kong protesters, and the anonymous whistleblower whose memo on Trump's dealings with Ukraine triggered the impeachment inquiry. But superstar climate activist Greta Thunberg is Time's Person of the Year. By the way, among the most dramatic new examples of evidence that climate change is happening right now is the newly released Arctic Report Card from NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. As described by the League of Conservation Voters, carbon is now being released in massive quantities from the melting Arctic permafrost as the ground thaws billions of tons of greenhouse gases stored in the soil have begun to leak into our atmosphere, creating a devastating feedback loop that will accelerate climate change even more rapidly. The rapid release of billions of tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere 
is just one of the big changes the Arctic is undergoing as it warms. Sea ice is at record lows. What's being known as the Bering Sea's cold pool, an expanse of frigid water that forms a barrier between its southern and northern regions, shrank from covering 56% in 2010 to just 6.3% this year. Indigenous communities are losing their way of life as their access to food sources is cut off. We have a link to more about the Arctic report card right now on our TalkingBirds.com website. Meanwhile, in Manhattan... The city's about to go a little easier on birds. This is a good news update on our recent conversation with Molly Adams from New York City Audubon. They advocated for a bill that would require new buildings and those undergoing major renovations to use collision-reducing bird-friendly glass. The good news is that just this past Tuesday, the New York City Council passed that bill that sponsoring lawmakers say could prevent the deaths of up to 230,000 birds a year. The bill proposed by New York City Council member Rafael Espinal requires that 90% of exterior glass on the first 75 feet of new buildings have patterns or glazing to make them visible to birds. Our friend Catherine Heinz from New York City Audubon calls the bill a huge leap forward for long-term conservation. And New York Mayor Bill de Blasio is expected to sign the bill into law. More info about it is on our website. We're hearing our mystery bird in a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along just a little bit later uh, in this morning's show. Some clues. Our mystery bird is a member of the pheasant and grouse group. It has a short neck and tail, a grayish-brown back and chest, chestnut barring on the flanks and a dark reddish patch on the belly. It has short rounded wings and a chestnut colored tail. Our bird is found along the U.S.-Canada border and across the upper Midwest and Northwestern states, mostly in cultivated fields and grasslands where it forges on the ground for seeds. Those are some clues about our mystery bird. That contest coming up uh, shortly. Prizes include the new generation 13-inch metal finch sock that combines the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal and holds a full pound of niger seed, a.k.a. thistle seed. And that, of course, is from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. Bonus prizes include a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. More bonus prizes? A 12-ounce bag of delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee. And one more time, Tim, also from our friends at Birds and Beans, the exclusive Tom Bin Cafe bag, designed to help you carry and organize your everyday gear. You can wear it cross-body or over the shoulder, and it's perfect for everyday use and for the field. What All right. Think, Tim, cross-body or over the shoulder? But, uh, what do you think? You I think it depends on the wind. Depends on the wind. Yeah. Okay, it's very yeah. windy yeah. Uh, here today. As the folks at Tom Bin say, Siquid mantica non capit domi relinquindum est. If it doesn't fit in your knapsack, leave it behind. Prizes there on our mystery bird contest coming along in uh, just a little bit here, just a little bit later on in our show. 
Conservation Salute of the Week. Make that salutes to two political leaders. Costa Rican President Carlos Alvarado Quesada, who since becoming president in 2018, set targets to reform transport, energy, and land use. And his efforts led to United Nations recognition for tackling the climate crisis and to Costa Rica being named a UN Champion of the Earth. And Japanese Environment Minister Shinjiro Koizumi, who in his first weeks on the job declared that he wanted to make the fight against climate change sexy and fun. But he also spearheaded the successful effort to convince Yokohama, Japan's second largest city, to join Tokyo and Kyoto in pledging to reduce carbon dioxide emissions to net zero by 2050. So conservation salutes to Japan's Shinjiro Koizumi and Costa Rica's Carlos Alvarado Quesada. And we'd also like to salute the two Talking Birds listeners who are the latest to become Talking Birds ambassadors, helping us to spread the word about birds and conservation. And they are Frank Whitty from Middleborough, Massachusetts. Thanks for your kind thoughts about the show, Frank, and for the sweet photo of the feeder array in your yard. And thanks for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And thank you, John Middleton from Mayo, Florida. He said, I hesitated to sign up as an ambassador because our Four Rivers Audubon chapter already has one, Jerry Paltorek, but I'm constantly talking up Talking Birds because what you do fits perfectly with my own mission in retirement. Uh, John also says, plus, you promised me a patch. Does that make this part of a quid pro quo? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you. Oh, boy. Come on, you can have more than one ambassador in, in your in your chapter. Come on. Exactly. Well, now we know that. Yes. Yeah. That's a kind of set a precedent there. A lot of precedent setting going on these days. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family by allowing us to send you some of our little info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To join the family, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, click on the Get Involved button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll try to make two connections to beautiful Cape Cod, one in our weekly meetup with Mike O'Connor down at the Birdwatchers General Store, and another with our friend and birding guru, David Clapp, who's on Cape Cod in the middle of a Christmas bird count. We'll also head north to find today's mystery bird. And up next, we'll go way, way down south to meet today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. On December 27, 1831, the British ship HMS Beagle left Plymouth Sound in southwest England, embarking on what would become a five-year circumnavigation of the globe. Charles Darwin was on board, researching, writing, and refining his ideas about evolutionary development through natural selection. Also on board was explorer and naval surgeon Robert McCormick, who collected the first type specimen of today's featured feathered friend, a bird which for a time was named for McCormick. We now know it as the South Polar Skua, sometimes called the Raptor of the South. <laughs> this stocky, gull-like bird with a wingspan that can exceed five feet 
is seen in both light and dark color patterns. The light morph is pale gray on the head, neck, and underparts, while the dark morph is uniformly dark grayish-brown with a pale yellowish nape. Skuas feed by plunging into the water for fish, by seizing prey on the surface, or by stealing prey from other seabirds. They're even known to grab and violently shake other birds to cause them to disgorge their food. The South Polar Skua is migratory and winters at sea in the Pacific, Indian, and Atlantic Oceans, and it's been described as the most southerly of all birds, having been seen right at the South Pole. We remember hearing from Talking Birds listener Chad Ellis in Oklahoma City about one individual's South Polar Skua that wandered a long way from any ocean, showing up on Lake Overholzer in that Midwestern city, where it was reported to be attacking and feeding on, not fish, but cattle egrets. By the way, about 45 species of birds live in the waters of Antarctica, but just three breed there. The emperor penguin, the Antarctic petrel, and the bird that still honors Robert McCormick through its scientific name, Stercorarius McCormicky. It's today's featured feathered friend, the South Polar Skua. I wasn't sure if that howling wind we were hearing was on that uh, recording of our featured feathered friend or if it was outside our studios here, and I think it's the latter. Am I right, Tim? It's hard to tell today. I can still hear it. Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us here on our show number 758. A reminder about our spanking new website. That's TalkingBirds.com. And hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at TalkingBirds. I don't know if conditions are as harsh on Cape Cod as they are at the South Pole today, but I think it's pretty windy down there. And in fact, we can hear that right now. David Clapp is out there somewhere on uh, the Outer Cape in East Ham on a Christmas bird count. David is an international bird trip leader with Smithsonian Journeys, and we hope he's joining us right now. Good morning, David. <laughs> I am joining you. It, it's 45 degrees with a 45-mile-an-hour wind. Wow. You're in no, the woods lovely. right now, though, lovely. so you have a... You, <laughs> lovely is the word. You have, you have a little protection in the woods there at the moment, do you? Well, I've, I've stepped out of the woods a bit, and I'm behind ah. a summer house right now. Ah, so. okay. They'll out be, of the wind, almost. They'll be notifying the authorities momentarily that you're in your <laughs> that's, that's in their, what, in their backyard. That's the way it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, by David, the way, Lake Lake Oberholzer is named after uh, a famous Texas birder. No kidding. He's a, re- a researcher who did a lot of research on birds. Wrote a book on birds of Texas. Wow. That, All right. So that lake and those uh, skewers are really um, not, I wouldn't call them a menace, but they're very active feeders around the penguin colonies. Gen two and chin straps. Mm-hmm. You see the you see the uh, you see the skewers around all the time looking for morsels, either dead or alive. They, um, they'll take anything they get. Anything they can get. All right. Well, that's another little bit, little connection about Lake Overholzer. <laughs> Meanwhile, David, yeah. are you seeing any birds, any birds at all? You know, it's surprisingly good. Uh, for as windy as it is, as cold as it is, as rainy as it was yesterday, um, we just left a thicket where we had 28 cardinals, Hermit thrush, a bunch of song sparrows, house finches, uh, sapsucker, downy, hairy, flicker. You know, probably 15, 18 species, maybe as many as 50 birds, 60 birds in this one little thicket. So it's surprisingly good. 
Excellent. Well, there's some rare yeah. birds being spotted on the Cape lately, too. A wood stork, which everyone thought was kind of a joke, but it turned out to be <laughs> true. And there's a painted bunting down there somewhere, a male. There was a, there was a neighborhood party last night that I didn't get to because I was on a birding expedition. But I got home before the party ended. I went over there, and this woman said, What's this bird I had fly by my house about, oh, three weeks ago? Big white bird with black in the wings. It's right next door to my house. The wood stork flew over my yard. Wow. Wow. That just shows you backyard birding can offer some great rewards. (laughs) You never know. Well, David, uh, I I don't want to keep you too long from from your your counting, but... um, Give us a little plug for the Christmas bird count. I know there's something like 80,000 people yeah. taking part this year, but g- give us a little your take about why it's important uh, as well as fun for citizen science. Well, even with bad weather, like today is going to be difficult, but today, for instance, we've had a puffin. Uh, we were having 1,200 razorbills, which is an ocean bird, hmm. go by every 10 minutes. Um, hundreds and hundreds of Bonaparte skulls. These are numbers that... They don't mean anything in a one-by-one kind of situation, but when you take all the data and you look and you go, well, nobody's been seeing Bonaparte skulls for two or three or four years. Is that a bad sign? Then you get a year like this and you can average it in. You begin to, and nowadays with algorithms, they can kind of fill in the blanks between sightings and things. Uh, So this has been going on 114 years now Mm. in many places. Uh, And that information is really useful for trends, uh, following warming waters, uh, the Gulf of Maine, for instance, uh, in the lower side of Alaska, both warming up very rapidly. So you're seeing birds and fish and all sorts of things move up into those areas. Mm-hmm. It just gives you, it's its fun. It's an outing. I've worked with some of these people. We've been together, oh, I don't know, 30 years in many places, uh, doing the same territory. We jump out of the car now and, and head off in our own direction, come back again. Uh, but it's it's not it's more than that. It gives you a real sense of what's happening locally, and then that can be extrapolated into what's happening in a broader picture. It's the biggest citizen uh-huh. science project in the world now. I think. Right? Yeah, I, it, yeah, it's on every yeah. continent now. Mm-hmm. I can remember um, a fellow named Warren Harrington. I flew to Panama to do the Panama uh, one of the Panama Christmas counts, and we were a little disappointed that we didn't all get together at the end of the day and tally up our. 600 species (laughs) but but uh it was you know it's just good fun and it's happening everywhere now good people good uh camaraderie and usually some good chili or lasagna or something at the end of the day at the end all right well have fun david and uh, make sure there's something to hold on to uh at all times there i I will and i'm just uh, right now ray i'm looking forward to putting my glove back on (laughs) all right thank (laughs) you david David Clapp there on a bird count, a Christmas bird count on Cape Cod. You can go to National Audubon's website, by the way, for all the info on that. It goes through January 5th. That's Audubon.org. Coming up here, a mystery bird contest in just uh, one minute. Birds and Beans announces its holiday gift box. It's the perfect gift for your coffee-loving friends. 12 12-ounce bags of great-tasting Birds and Beans coffee. Two bags each of Wood Thrush Breakfast Roast, American Red Start Light Roast, Scarlet Tanager French Roast, Chestnut Sided Warbler Medium Roast, Baltimore Oriole French Roast Decaf, and the newest roast, King Bird Espresso. All ground and ready to brew or whole bean if you prefer, and all for $120. That's a savings of more than $40. Shipping still only $9. 
$1.50 any volume anywhere in the USA. The offer ends soon, so order online now at birdsandbeans.com. Treat your friends and family to delicious birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee, and help save birds in their wintering habitat in the process. Don't wait. Order the Holiday Gift Box. 12 12-ounce bags of delicious birds and beans, shade-grown, certified organic, fair trade coffee, now at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. Our Mystery Bird Contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. That's the sound of our mystery bird, a member of the pheasant and grouse families. It has a short neck and tail, a grayish-brown back and chest, chestnut barring on the flanks, and a dark reddish patch on the belly. It has short, rounded wings and a chestnut colored tail. Our bird is found along the U.S.-Canada border and across the upper Midwest and Northwestern states, mostly in cultivated fields and grasslands where it forages on the ground for seeds. Some say they've seen this bird in a pear tree, but uh, we can't actually confirm that, but that is one other note there. That is our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees. We have the new generation 13-inch metal finch sock that combines the attraction of a finch sock with the durability of metal and it holds a full pound of niger seed or aka thistle seed plus a download to the Larkwire app for your ios uh, apple uh, iphone or online and then we have a 12 ounce bag of delicious birds and beans coffee shade grown bird friendly coffee and from birds and beans their exclusive tom bin cafe bag and I forgot to mention this. This is important. That cafe bag does not come empty. Our winner will get that bag, plus the 12-ounce bag, uh, um, bag of birds and beans coffee, and a two-pound bag filling up that Tom Bin cafe bag. Two-pound bag of birds and beans coffee, that is. So uh, there you have it. And the phone number is kind of important. That is 781-837-4900. That's 781 837 Four nine hundred for our mystery bird contest, and then there's Mike O'Connor. He's down there in Cape Cod too, but I believe he's inside, and he'll uh, be with us here for Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. We're for the birds, and we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about our show and about birds in conservation. My name is Susan Edwards-Richmond, and I live in Stowe, Massachusetts. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because once I learned about the show, I was really excited and I wanted to spread the word. I encourage other people to become Talking Birds ambassadors too because it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to connect with other birders in your community and in the larger community. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Well, David Clapp is out there in the wild wind of Cape Cod, but Mike O'Connor is nice there and cozy inside. He's got little slippers on, sitting there by the fire having a little coffee. Is he <laughs> okay there, Mike? Oh, yeah. I got the birds and beans <laughs> coffee right here. And, you know, I'm not totally slacking. I'm looking out the window. So you are you looking. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't get too close or anything. <laughs> 
All right. So we want to talk about something that kind of connects to the the winter. I'm thinking back, you know, there used to be a horrible situation where where people were um, killing a lot of birds to get feathers for women's hats. We thought that problem was uh, way behind us, uh, thanks to Harriet Hemingway and Minna Hall and people like that. But there's still an issue, uh, Mike, that you want to point out about feathers. Right, yeah. This is going to be an odd show where uh, I'm a retailer. I'm going to tell people a few things not to buy. <laughs> what a, that's a cool new idea. I like that. <laughs> and I was, I was writing a column last week about uh, eiders, which have the eider down, which the, uh, some countries, particularly Norway and Iceland, where they, they take the feathers that the, the female builds her nest with. Mm-hmm. She lines her nest with these downy feathers, and then the the... People will come along after the eider is done, and they gather these feathers, and they turn them into these jackets or pillows or comforters. And those are super warm, and they're wonderful, but they're ridiculously expensive because it's just a small supply of feathers available. So because people like the, the idea of feathers, other companies have decided to fill them with not these volunteered feathers that the, that the eiders have given up by actually pulling feathers off of captured birds or live birds and most of them come from china and most of those things like a comforter from iceland will cost you like ten thousand dollars but you can go into a mall someplace and buy a down jacket and it'll be considerably less money because these birds are um these come from china or some places where the birds are actually plucked alive and it's not really a good thing so i you know my advice is if you're going you know these there's a lot of good synthetics, a lot of these nature or outdoor jackety things that they sell for um, hiking and camping have really good alternative uh, synthetic things. So, you know, you know, think of the birds when you're out there shopping for somebody for a jacket for Christmas or a comfort. Kind of investigate some of these alternative uh, synthetic things, which are warm and they're a lot less expensive and they're not and not pluck from live birds, which is kind of a sad thing. Yeah. So uh, I'm just pointing that out because I was a little surprised when I read that the other mm-hmm. day, so I'm just passing Yeah, those on. those artificial or, you know, in synthetic things can be really effective, really warm. They've really, really done really a great job too. with it. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, you know, the astronauts going out in space, they're not wearing down jackets. They're not they're at all, right, right. right. Yeah, so, and drinking tang, which is another good thing. So, Mike, in the four seconds that we have left, uh, tell us about what uh, people should do to buy field guides for folks. Well, I, yeah. I say this a lot, and every year... I, I, I kind of put down, a lot of people want to buy these inexpensive laminated little flyery things. They're like seven or eight bucks. But those things are very, very limited. You know, do yourself a favor. Don't waste eight bucks on those. Go buy, spend the 20 bucks on a Peterson or a Sibley or a National Geographic or a Stokes Field Guide, the full thing, and get your money's worth. Because, you know, David Clapp and the people who are winning the Mystery Bird Contest, they're not using little pamphlets. They're using real books. Buy your friends a yeah. nice real bird book. That's, a, that's really a good point. All right, stay warm, Mike. Don't go outside now, all right? No way. David Clapp's out there. I'm not going out there. <laughs> Mike O'Connor. See you next week, Mike. You got it. Down at the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. And we got to quickly get back to our mystery bird contest, trying to identify this mystery bird. Let's see. I think we have uh, Pat 
Uh, Tim, right here in uh, right here, here in, in in Marshfield. Uh, good morning, Pat. Maybe we don't have Pat. I hope she's okay because it is windy out there. She is out there somewhere. Are you there, Pat? Okay. Well, let's see. We have Charlie in Hanover, Massachusetts. Can we tra- uh, try Charlie? How you doing, Ray? Um, well, I knew you'd come through, Charlie. I'm uh, down a good old Cape Cod. You should really get down here. The uh, birds are spectacular. By a pond called Eel Pond, which eel. is beautiful okay. on Shore Road in Bourne. Uh, eel, eel Pond. All right. Eel Pond. Got it, it's Charlie. It's beautiful, Ray. How about our I'm mis- going to guess a ring-necked pheasant. A ring-necked pheasant is uh, Charlie's guess there. Uh, come on, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Charlie. Thanks very much. Ray, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you, too. Let's go to David in Golden, Colorado really quickly. Hello, David. Hey, Ray. How's it going? Doing well. Thank you, David. Sorry we're so short on time, but so tell us what you uh, say the mystery bird is. I believe it's a gray partridge. A gray partridge is absolutely right. We have more things to say about the gray partridge, but we don't have time. So, that's the <laughs> David, stay on the line. We'll get your info and send you those beautiful prizes. Thank you. All right, thanks so much. That's our show for today. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. Who? I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Why not take a break from the holiday madness for a free walk with us? Ocean State Bird Club features year-round walks, lectures, informal gatherings, and more. We're online at www.OceanStateBirdClub.org and Facebook. Plus, a membership makes an easy holiday gift. Ocean State Bird Club.